Yogurlas, welcome to the next episode of the Athlete Insider Podcast by Gornation. My name is Phil, and today we have a guest from Germany, the first one, the first guest from Germany, uh, no other than the physiotherapist, the author, the influencer, the athlete, uh, Leon, also known as uh, Moving Monkey, and I'm really, really happy to welcome you here today. Thanks, Phil, for the invitation. I'm happy to talk to you. And it's an honor that I'm the first German guest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's also a little bit weird to talk to you in, in English. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess uh, we will do it. And uh, yeah, so everybody has access to, to the knowledge that you will spread today here. Because uh, even though you do some some posts, etc., in English, uh, you're mainly like mainly known in in Germany for your content, right? Yeah, but we could say like eighty twenty or something. Eighty percent of my audience is German because that uh, was my origin, where I started, obviously. Um, and so twenty percent, it's getting bigger and bigger now because I talk to a bunch of people who. Yeah, wished they could learn something more from me because they found that the, the videos I did was something different than everything else they saw um, on on Instagram and uh, on YouTube. That's mostly German uh, still, but um, two two English interviews I did with Bot Mechanic and the Scott University. Some might know them as well. Um, yeah, so I try my best to switch between back and forth German and English and sometimes it's confusing for the most because they see my story and I talk in German <laughs> and write in English so they potentially can understand that. Um, yeah, but I give it my best. Perfect. And uh, yeah, I still remember when you when you started like really really uh, getting big on social media. Today you have like fifty thousand uh, followers across social medias. I uh, mm -hmm. added everything, so yeah, um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> fifty thousand is already like a, a nice a nice following, and uh, people are really appreciating your input about mobility, uh, about like uh, being pain free in movement, and um, yeah. But to begin the podcast interview with. Um, you are on a birthday party and somebody approaches you and you don't know this person how do you present yourself what do you do who who do you who are you um, potentially is that uh, i first ask the question who is the person i'm talking to because um being interesting is maybe nice but being interested is nice uh, is more nice um, to the person and uh, you know, to everything, to everyone you're speaking to. And well, if they ask me, they probably get the answer that I am a physiotherapist, as you said, but I don't work as a physiotherapist in the common way. Um, so I give coachings, I give workshops and seminars around uh, the German uh, speaking countries like Switzerland, Austria, and Germany. Um, And yes, I educate people, as you said before, about how they can be pain-free, how they can be more flexible, more agile in their daily lives, but also that's most important for us as athletes in their sport so they can have fun again with doing their sport because most of the people who came to me at first as I started with Moving Monkey and uh, didn't have my physio background, they approached me with the questions that 
are yeah evolving a little bit nowadays but mostly it was about pain like can this exercise teach me about like being pain-free in my shoulder or is it something to be more pain-free and get stronger so well everything evolves around being strong flexible and pain-free as i say or um speaking from monkey to monkey um being flexible like a monkey and strong like a gorilla um that's what i do it with moving monkey nice and uh, you're targeting or speaking to uh, athletes uh, mostly. Uh, is, is it right? What, what kind of athletes? You have the roots in, in a lot of sports, I guess. Uh, you, you can heavy, uh, you can squat really heavy. Uh, you can, you are, you're doing like powerlifting, okay. some, some stuff. Yeah, who are you approaching? Um, well, I, I say that moving monkey helps the people who are ambitious doing any kind of movement so you don't have to be an athlete you don't have to be a high level athlete um to yeah to do some mobility that uh, my tools will help you and that my coachings will help you um, mostly my focus is on people who are moving regularly i also work with some parents of like any athletes who were also in so pain and um, I can help them as well for sure. But my interest is mostly in people who are eager to move and who want to move. So I don't have to tell them that they should move more because most people are coming to me have movement issues, but they have a set of routines a regular training that they go about um and that is yeah influenced by the pain in a bad way or in a negative way and yeah speaking from 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 my own background i was a sport um i was an athlete um all my life so it just connects better You know, I can understand the athletes more than um, the person who sits on his ass all the time, beep. <laughs> um, but, uh, yep, uh, mostly everyone who wants to move and is eager to move. And then I have some professional athletes in, I did fencing, judo, like soccer players, some from the German Bundesliga or... A weightlifting max lang maybe you know him um he's uh, he's the german weightlifter not the german weightlifter but like he's the german weightlifter you could say that um yeah so um, me myself i'm doing all sorts of stuff uh, that's why most people don't understand really what i do for myself because they see me dancing they see me doing gymnastics like calisthenics and stuff they see me throwing around some weights and doing handstands but Like what you do, but I, I, I can't relate somehow because most of the people who, who are going into sports or any kind of training doing some particular training style. And like my own goals are so varied that I don't want to um, box myself into any kind of sport. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's most of you.
but still i would i would i would be interested in your biggest achievements as an athlete um like uh because i know that you have some stuff that some people really look up to you have an incredible balance in handstand uh you have uh, ex extreme mobility your your side split is is crazy um and uh, you you can also squat and deadlift i guess also really heavy so let's let's talk about numbers uh let's uh, <laughs> that's what the people i guess will be interested in yeah so i view myself more as a generalist mm -hmm. um not as a specialist as i uh, as i said before that's why well my numbers are okay but if you look into the particular sport for example powerlifting for example calisthenics like 80 percent of the people who are doing that are better than me i guess um, I love doing the splits. I love doing handstands, um, working on the stalled press like for years now. <laughs> but um, talking about numbers, my squat last time I checked was one year ago, um, 165 kilos um, around, around that, 130, 140 for front squats. And then 200k. Um, 50 for sumo deadlift, 200 for elevated, like deficits, uh, conventional deadlift, and what else? Like you could throw in some weightlifting numbers, 90 kilo snatch and 120 kilo clean and jerk, something like that. Oh. Okay. Nice. But as I, as I said, I, I'm just having fun doing anything that I, I really want to do. And I don't subscribe myself to, to any particular way, um, but learning from any kind of sport and absorbing the knowledge and then understanding how they think. And so I can help people who are doing that sports, um, only that sports, much better. So I can combine that with any like physio and mobility stuff um, to get them pain-free. So that's why I do it for myself and also do it for my clients. Okay. Um, the question that I uh, was focused most on for this interview is um, what mistakes do you see in the calisthenics scenes, uh, maybe for beginners, maybe for advanced peoples the most mm -hmm. uh, concerning mobility? Mm -hmm. That's very interesting because <laughs> when we meet on any meetup like the FIBO, uh, expo or like bodyweight day um, where also many many uh, calisthenics athletes are I mostly see like shoulder injuries um, that's maybe 90% um, and then some some wrist and elbow issues because you're doing mostly upper body stuff right um, so talking about shoulder shoulders elbows and and uh, wrists I saw the trend was coming to calisthenics about like two and a half years ago that they incorporated some mobility stuff in their warm-ups, maybe some cooldowns um, if if there was still time. Like training two to three hours takes takes a lot of time in your day, so skipping the cooldown was like I don't need that. But thinking about the training in in calisthenics. It's so hard on the joints. It's any training is hard on the joints. Um, so you have to think about 
how you can be more resilient to it. And becoming more resilient doesn't always mean that you're doing more weights, more reps, more volume. Sometimes it means less from the things you're already doing and incorporating something that you don't do regularly. And that's the only definition or um, the only reason why I would incorporate some mobility aspects because if you think about why you get injured, you have to, you have to think about your training in the way of um, what movement patterns you use the most. And if you're using pulling and pushing movements in one-dimensional fashion all the time, all the time, doing pull-ups, doing dips, doing pull-ups, doing dips, of course you injure yourself because the stabilizing muscles are trained every time. For example, the lats are trained with pull-ups but are also trained with dips. And most people don't see that. They see just upper body pulling and upper body pushing are two kinds of ways how to train your upper body, but that your lats are involved in almost any movement that you do with your upper body is very important because it's also attached to your shoulder. It's, it has some function on your shoulder girdle. It has some function with breathing and uh, on and on. And if you stress those tendons, too much then you get injured and you you feel pain um with movements that normally you can control very well that you're also very strong in but speaking from the mobility aspect or the aspect that you get a little bit balanced out in your training i think about it in a way of how can i really efficiently incorporate mobility because as I said, cool down and warm ups, they are, they are not cool. So, doing the human flag is cool. Doing the handstands is cool. Doing like 30 kilo plus muscle ups is very cool. I can't do that. Okay. <lacht> weißt du, was war? Ich, ich glaube, also ich habe gerade eben gesehen, dass mein WLAN einfach hoch und runter gegangen ist. Okay. Naja, anyways. Ah, vielleicht, okay. vielleicht, dachte, vielleicht dachte sich mein Internet so einen langen Monolog. Also nicht festhalten. <lacht> ähm, das Einzige, aber Aufzeichnung läuft, steht da noch. Okay, ja, ja. Äh, das hat bei mir genau geendet. Das heißt, wir können einen cleanen Cut machen. Uh, I can't do that uh, nach den 30 Kilo Muscle. Ah, ja, ja. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, but what's not cool is to get injured. So always think about your training in that way. 
think about ahead. Don't think about the next training and maybe the next week of training. Think about long term. If you get injured now, it could mean that you're out of training for months. And um, talking about uh, shoulder injuries, my, my girlfriend, like Monique Koenig, um, who is known uh, in the calisthenics scene, um, who started with calisthenics years ago, was thrown back almost one to two years from a shoulder injury because she did the human flag not really properly warmed up. It did a crack in her shoulder. She could train. It was all fine. But then one day after, one week after, she couldn't move the shoulder anymore. And it got worse and worse. And the the doctors were, were talking about a shoulder shoulder um, shoulder fix. And it was not it was not that um, he, she was not strong enough but hadn't prepared her body in a way that she could handle stress, even though um, she was not warmed up. You can make your body resilient in a way that you can throw up some pull-ups. No problem. You can sit here like on a desk and do five pull-ups. All right. But doing really complex movements like the human flag or like a, like, like a handstand, um, just do the basics every day um, and you will find a lot of basics on, on my channels. Um, just do the basics every day to prepare your body that it could handle any motion anytime. This is how I think about, about my, my own body, about the body of my clients that um, the stress they, they get on in training it's just one tiny bit because all that stress that accumulates over the week, over the days um, on stress that you bring back from work in your training, that you bring back from like your relationships or some, some kind of that, that also plays in to the role of how much stress your body can handle. So it's not only a discussion about doing mobility exercises. It's a discussion about how, do you view your body as a continuum between pushing the boundaries and pushing your limits in your training, but also pushing everything else that deals with like calming the body down and, and um, giving your, your nervous system rest. Okay. When, when you talked about basics, the first thing that came in, in my mind is push-ups, dips, pull-ups. What, <laughs> what, is, what is your definition of, of basics? Like, do you have one or two examples? Yeah, I, I view it most of the time as the three main joints um, that are important for your, for your movements. That's so the hips, the shoulders, and your spine. And like the big three, as I call them. And also you can do some whatever wrist exercises, foot exercises, of course, knee exercises and on and on. It's important as well, but like follow the 80-20 rule. 80% yeah. um, are done by 20%. Um, so the big three, hips, shoulders and, and spine, incorporate one or two exercises as a warm-up, as a morning routine, as a nighttime routine and as a cool down. And you are 
80% there. So, um, for example, think about the shoulder as a, as a joint from the glenohumeral joint. So really the shoulder itself and then the shoulder girdle with your scapulas. Um, for those, you should do one to two exercises. So one easy exercise that most any athlete should know is the scapula pull-up and the scapula push-up, just doing that. Um, and the scapula dips as well, like training your, your scapulas in, in, any, in any fashion. Um, and then doing some kind of shoulder cars, like shoulder cars are controlled articular rotations, rotating your joint through his whole range of motion. That's what mobility is all about, moving the joints through its full range and maybe incorporate some kind of resistance. For example, do it with a rubber band, do it um, with a light weight or something like that. Um, because mobility is defined as great range of motion that incorporates some kind of strength and coordination aspect. It's not stretching. It's not like stretching the muscle out and waiting for the stretch to come, waiting for the adaptation to come. Um, it's really actively working on, on your motions just as with a pull-up or just as, as with dips. And to be honest, most athletes don't respond well to any kind of mobility exercise that are lightweight. Um, that's why they found it very, very boring. And it's not about the mobility exercises themselves. It's just about moving the joints through his whole range. That means you could also do some kind of very deep dip that also could be a mobility exercise or doing your pull-ups, not in the way you're doing always, but with more back extension, for example, like doing the archer back pull-up or the arch back pull-ups. Um, some kind of lever, back lever, for example. One beginner version is the German hang or the skin the cat. It's a great loaded mobility exercise for your whole shoulder. So you don't have to stand on the wall or on the rack then stretching your pecs. It's not very throwing in a fitness term here, uh, not very functional, mm -hmm. but focusing more on really getting better at certain motions. And that's what I focus on with Moving Monkey as well, that you really see the motions behind that, the movement patterns behind those exercises and progressing them. So we start with isolation and then integrating and then improvisation. So isolation, integration, improvisation is a great way to learn any, any movement that you want to get better at. And it's with strength training and it's also with mobility. For example, the pull-up. You will just hang at first. So isolating the grip strength, isolating the resilience of the shoulder girdle, that it hangs, that the shoulder really pulls out the socket and um, getting accustomed to that. Then doing some rows, integrating the grip strength that you, um, that you developed and 
then integrating it with some pulling motion. And then maybe progressing into improvisation phase that um, you can do more and more pull versions in any kind of movement, way, movement pattern. Yeah, and that's the same for mobility. And that's also referring back to your original question. Um, it's important for the basics. Okay. And um, does somebody who does mobility, because uh, I, I learned from you that the, the main difference between, or the, there is a difference between mobility and stretching. For me, before I knew you, and that's like, uh, where, where did we know each, get to know each other? 2017, 16, something like this. Um, yep. But there, uh, back then I thought, yeah, black roll, this is mobility. <laughs> Stretching, this is mobility. And uh, all the stuff, in between that's also mobility it was one big topic for me but um like does somebody who does mobility still need uh stretching where is it beneficial mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well mobility is kind of a a fitness term as well um and as as you said before as well many people get confused about what mobility really is and i think it should be a semantic discussion. It should be a definition of a word, but more the way we think about movement, the way we think about our own body and our own training. Um, so doing stretching, for example, you can look into the studies and on and on, and you will see that there's no real adaptation um, that occurs in the body if you stretch the muscle for longer time and that there is no tissue adaptation and and so on because the change that happens if you get more flexible or more mobile um, is in your nervous system so that your nervous system says i am safe in position xyz and that's the only thing we try to try to um, do or that's our only aim that we make certain exercises certain motions i don't think in exercises like we move you don't have to go to a dog and say like do some downward dog or do some upward dog or do any kind of warm-up um we have to do that because we sit on our asses as i said before um so stretching can be helpful if it feels right for you um, what I mean by that is that we have certain receptors in our, in our joints and our muscles and so on that signals our brain, um, for example, how in any, um, in, in which direction we move our joints, for example, and um, where our body is in space, how we are aligned. Uh, those receptors tell our, our nervous system and our nervous system just asks the question, is it safe? And if it's not safe, then it restricts the motion. It restricts the motion in its greater range or in its coordination or in its strength. And strength as well, like speaking from the calisthenics aspect, is also just an adaptation from the nervous system that it accumulated that certain stimulus over time again and again and again and some tissue adaptation occurred that you grew some muscles and so on but more muscles don't mean more strength 
and um, that's for mobility as well. The only thing you develop is a certain um, adaptation to that stretch. So you you develop a certain stretch tolerance. And speaking from that, it could help you that you stretch, but I refer to that always as an active kind of stretch because you want to get better, as I said before, in moving your body. But lying down and waiting for the stretch to come, as I said before, won't make you better at moving. So it's as simple as that. And um, stretching for me, for example, is a great way I, I calm down because I love that sensation. But some people like hearing that podcast right now and saying stretching is not a great sensation. For them, it's a threat. For them, it's that their nervous system screams if they stretch too much because they haven't adapted to that stretch. They haven't adapted this stretch tolerance. So to make it clear, stretching can help and stretching can feel good for you. For example, for most of the ladies who are doing some kind of yoga, um, they love that stretch sensation. Although yoga is not stretching, yoga is meditation through poses. Um, and it's always, always misunderstood today. Um, well, I'm doing yoga. I, it's not for my mobility. Well, yes, but no. Um, and most importantly, it's how can you calm your nervous system down? And then you will have certain adaptation towards um, greater mobility in your shoulders and so on. Because mobility, as I said, is just a term. And we have to see what kind of restrictions does your body have that um, withholds that motion. For example, having a scar tissue. I just uploaded that on my story that um, a scar tissue, for example, can hinder your mobility and strength in a great way. Not that the, the tissue itself is the problem, but the interpretation of your nervous system. Um, I, I talked, um, no, I showed, I showed the exercise that I did with, with my client there, and I showed how I assessed it. I had him do an internal rotation of the shoulder, in 90 degrees flexion and then I pulled the the scar up and his internal rotation was immediately immediately like one second after that much better I tested again while pulling the scar down it was worse a lot worse and he couldn't fight that resistance because his body said well scar tissue why you you can't really know why but you can see how you can manipulate that or how you can influence the body in a way that working on that tissue working on that inhibition um he then can do much better in his crossfit training he can do much better in his handstand training and on and on so it's more important to look about what kind of restrictions do you have and then what kind of tools applied are helping you the most okay. and not being dogmatic about a certain way. I'm not dogmatic about 
um, about physiotherapy manual techniques. I'm not dogmatic about uh, trigger trigger balls and lacrosse balls and um, form rolls and so on, because that does not help. We have to see the body. We have to see um, the movement itself and then connect it. Okay. Get it. Um, so let's get uh, practical because we also received some, some questions from the community. Um, cool. And uh, one question that came first from uh, Lillian Street Workout is uh, when and how often should we train mobility? So really a schedule for the week, something that everybody can take uh, today from this podcast and implement it in his daily routine. Mm -hmm. Cool question. Um, so you should incorporate it as a warm-up, of course, uh, and then doing some kind of relaxation after your training. That could mean that you form roll. That could mean that you stretch. That could mean that you just lay down and breathe or meditate or whatever. But that it could also improve your, uh, your mobility in a great way, as I said before and explained before. And um, as a warm-up, it should not take longer than 15 minutes because I see a lot of people who are educating themselves on that topic and doing more and more and more and more and learning more and more. And then they are like 45 minutes doing any kind of, stuff that you see online doing some flossing here doing some rubbing there doing foam rolling there triggering here stretching here doing this monkey exercise and whatever <laughs> 45 minutes and then well two hours of training and three hours total training time well you're wasted after that you won't improve on your mobility i can promise you so 15 minutes as a warm-up should be should be fairly enough Focus on your spine every time, every day, every day is spine day because it's our main body part. It's our main thing that we control ourselves, ourselves through space. And um, then anything that is um, needed for your training today. So if I'm doing some kind of pull-ups, do some kind of pull-ups. And then for a cool-down, What I refer, do anything that is the opposite of what you've trained. So doing five minutes, anything that goes into pushing the shoulder girdle forward, doing any kind of like protraction with the shoulder girdle and stretching out the back, the mid-back that is constantly under, um, was constantly under pressure. So 15 minutes as a warm-up, spine every day, and then specific to your training, cool down, maybe five minutes doing some kind of breath work, uh, doing some kind of relaxation, what, what calms you down and doing the opposite of what you've trained. And then working on your specific issues, um, maybe two to three times a week. So if you have problems in your hips, if you have problems in your lower back or something like that, two to three times a week with certain drills that suits you or your nervous system the best should take you a great uh, or is a great deal for you if you do it for one to two months and then you can work on the next thing. And uh, speaking from individualized programming and mobility, that's what I do in my, in my coachings and so on. Um, but at first just 
try what feels better afterwards. And if you don't progress, then everything else from strength training applies. Change something. Change, for example, the volume or intensity that you're doing it. Um, change the frequency. If you're doing it two times a week or just one time a week, as with strength training, training a muscle one time a week won't get you any far. And um, a minimum adaptation, uh, the minimum adaptation occurs on two times a week, frequency of two times. Um, and I always say, just learn what you've learned from, or just take what you've learned from strength training and apply it to mobility training because it's just movement as well. Yeah, and that maybe should should get you started. Okay. The spine, what does it, like what advantage does it have for a calisthenics athlete to, to have good mobility in the spine? Yeah. Um, so your thoracic spine particularly is where your shoulder connects and is connected to. Um, and if it's stiff, you won't get any range of motion in your shoulders, like internal rotation, um, overhead, overhead position is very bad if your spine is stuck um, in in the mid back. And if you look in, if you look up the anatomy of your thoracic spine, of course it's attached to a lot of ribs. So breathing is as important as doing some kind of joint drills, because if you breathe properly, your your ribs are moving so your upper back is also moving um really don't don't mess that up because we are so messed up when it comes to breathing right now we are working and we are stressed out we are running from uh one appointment to another appointment and don't focusing on our breath and that's why meditation and all this awareness training are is more and more popular today what's which is great um, focusing on your breathing helps to improve thoracic mobility, which helps to improve your main joint that you need for calisthenics, your shoulder. And um, then everything else, your, your spine is your midsection. And your midsection should be strong, but also should be something that you can move. Because if you can move something, it's generally safe for your nervous system. And if it's generally safe, you're more flexible and less prone to injury. And looking at it from that perspective, there is a certain hierarchy in your nervous system um, that goes something along those lines that everything involving the midsection, so your spine, um, is more important than anything else, obviously, because there is your central canal going through your spine. And if your central canal is ripped apart, then there is no more life. So up to a certain point, like yeah. anything up to here, there is life, but there is not the life you know before. And um, I always say, You can live without you can live without legs, you can live without the hips, you can live without arms and shoulders, but you can live without the spine. Okay. 
Nice. That's a, that's a good answer. Um, so uh, Michia Rose from uh, Hamburg, I think, uh, is asking how important is wrist mobility? And I know that you spend also some quite some time on your wrists uh, in handstands. Um, so how important is it? Um, especially important as well when it comes to anything upper body um, because we always look at the body as very biomechanical in a very biomechanical way in medicine and physiotherapy and in, in sports like just focusing on the aesthetics and maybe yes say biceps bicep is more aesthetic than forearm muscles but having or let me let me explain it in a different way have you seen someone with very strong with very very strong forearms and having a ton of grip strength that is weak that's a good quiz question but um i don't know someone look 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 to the strongest in our strength training field strongman Do they have bad grip? No. Calisthenics athletes, the best, the best of them have incredible grip. They can hang for minutes and minutes. And it's not only about grip strength, but also like, as I said before, movement and being, being um, able to move. If you watch this on, on YouTube, you could try the following. Move your hand. And now try to have your hands stay fixed and move your wrist. What? Yep. Okay. We stop it and here. That's, and <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I can do that. <laughs> I don't have to show. <laughs> I don't. I want. I don't want to show off. Um, <laughs> um, talking about that, um, wrist mobility is especially important if you look into the nervous system as well. Um, there is something uh, that is called the homunculus. The homunculus is a, um, you could say, a, a scheme that, that shows or just represents. It's just um, a, a picture of a person with really, really big hands, really big lips, a big, a big mouth, but with a tiny body. And a big head as well, um, kind of big head. And that shows how our body is, um, has some sensoric fields in, in, in the brain. So how big is the body map for a certain region of the body? So body map is, you could, you could uh, imagine playing a, a, a video game, like a, um, a, how do you call that in English, like role game? Role play. Yeah. Role, role play. play. Yeah. Kind of a role play. Um, and you have to discover a certain map area first to like to, to achieve something there or like to uh, unlock that certain um, area in the map. And that's the same for our nervous system. If our map in our head, so the representation of certain movements is lacking, for example, for the wrists, there's a big, big, big gap between everything else in the body. 
So you have to move your wrists, you have to strengthen your wrists and you have to make them resilient. And it's especially important for the hand sense as well, as, as you can see here, uh, without any wrist mobility, um, you, won't, you won't be able to um, do the hand sense for long or you will injure yourself because you cannot stand into a really proper, proper position. There's no real proper position. Um, there's only Im improper preparation. Um, so it helps a lot with training handstands and any kind of movement for your, for your upper body concerning strength. Okay. Um, so when you, when you talk about handstand, the next uh, joint that directly comes to my mind, uh, in general, the, the first joint, in my opinion, that's, uh, that prevents people from having a good handstand is uh, the shoulder. So um, uh, Gian Martino, I guess from, from Italy, uh, asks how to increase the mobility for the handstand. And uh, I think this is the most question and i know it it's the most questioned and the most asked uh, question about mobility because i feel like in in the, during the, when you do the handstand it's the the movement that shows the most where the, your weak point is because you can see somebody can't stretch his uh, his legs he has weak, a weak core he has uh, like not not really good overhead mobility stuff like that so um To come back to the question, how to increase the mobility for the handstand, Leon? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, as I said, with the wrists, you will wonder how much uh, of wrist mobility will increase your shoulder mobility as well. Because as I said before, everything is nervous system, everything is brain. Um, if you work on some part of the body, anything else will be influenced, like pulling, On the T-shirt right here, everything else on the T-shirt is influenced. And that's the same with, with our mobility in, in the rest. So the first thing that comes to mind concerning that is really look at the weakest link of your chain. So is it really the shoulder or is it your mid-back or is it the wrist? And going from the weakest link to the next weakest link because you're only as strong as the weakest link of your chain. So um, then focusing a lot of on uh, wall drills because, as I said before, making it specific is more important than doing a certain mobility drill just for the sake of doing that shoulder mobility drill um, because you get better in what you trained in. So... If you don't progress with certain shoulder exercises in your handstand, then make it more specific. What do I mean by that? Make it more specific, for example, do more um, on the wall, for example, and focusing on really pushing up and pushing up and back for the shoulders. Um, but that goes only as far as you can really move the shoulder there on its own without loading it. So don't load on this function, this function, never add load on this function. <laughs> <laughs> never add load on this function. Yeah. Speaking properly here. 
<laughs> no, you have to say to your intern, make a note and uh, fill in the beat there. <laughs> um, yes, so make it specific, never add load on this function. So what do I mean by that? If you cannot move your shoulder girdle in its own way without loading it, and can you move it in any range? And in particular, in that range you want to get better in. For example, the handstands. Can you move your shoulder girdle in your scapulas in the overhead position? If you don't come that far, work yourself up to that. And um, then all those rules applies. All those rules apply. Um, to that as well, isolation as I as I show, uh, as I've shown, um, then integration, integrating it in a bilateral motion, for example, and then integrating it, for example, in a um, regressed version of the handstand, for example, just a pike push-up version, and then doing just those those uh, circles, um, and then hanging, for example, hanging and doing those shoulder curls. Well, and then doing, for example, um, as I said, wall drills, certain type of uh, wall walks. So getting the feet onto the wall and walking it up um, with, the, with the belly towards the wall. And that is very important that you focus on the overhead position all the time, all the time. And if you can't get really close up to the wall, just work yourself towards it. And, um, well, then doing a lot of hanging version mobility stuff, as I said, with the shoulder cast in the hang version is also great because it's kind of like the handstand. It's the same position, but it's loaded in a different direction, which makes it a little bit easier at first. Um, and then, as I said, um, go onto your hands and do anything that is related towards that. One particular exercises I have in mind um, I call it in German <laughs> Handstand Paket like the Handstand Parcel <laughs> the Handstand Package um, so you walk up to the wall I imagine it how I should describe that so you walk up to the wall um, in a wall walk so you stand in a handstand not really close maybe two hands Uh, away from the wall getting your feet together and then sliding your your feet up and down so getting the feet closer to your body because there is some space as i said you don't um be up close to the wall and then getting them back up getting them back down getting them back up and as you get better you can move closer and closer towards the wall and um That's a fantastic exercise because it's very, very specific towards the handstand, but moving your, your legs down makes it much, much harder on yourself to elevate the shoulders and to keep that thoracic extension. Most people want to fall back and, and lean more and, and so on, but really keeping those points, those joint alignments from wrists, from elbows and shoulders all the time um, is the most important thing in a handstand and for really great handstand stability. Um, 
and that's one drill i hope i i could you could imagine listening to that and otherwise just look on my youtube channel for the handstand playlists and there's a lot a lot of exercises for the handstands I think I will ask you afterwards the interview so I can insert uh, a small clip in the YouTube video at, uh, at least. Um, so, yeah. Um, Prikush Boyka is asking, at what age did you start calisthenics and why? And uh, because I know that you already did some, some stuff besides, uh, but when did you get in touch with uh, calisthenics? Um, like really deep into it through Monique. Um, I did something before through Ido Poltau, um, who introduced me to the rings and introduced me to the handstands. So this, this is what I did before. And then, well, let me count like four, almost four years ago. Um, so five years ago I was with Ido and then like four, three and a half years ago, uh, Monique, yeah, brought me into that. Um, so It was something that I did in my in my youth as well because I remember being in my in my room doing push-ups and push-up versions over and over and the only pulling motion that I did was a table row so hanging on the kitchen table and rowing but Later, maybe some 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 water bottles that I wrote, but I was doing so many push-ups. Um, maybe that's why I I won the won the challenge one time on the on the bodyweight days. But yeah, <laughs> like doing two hundred eighty kind of pull-ups in a row. Push-ups, <laughs> but that, that was push-ups. Push well, pull-ups, I I can't do that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, referring referring to that, I was doing push-ups and push-ups and push-ups, training so badly. And of course, some sit-ups, push-ups, and sit-ups. That was the only thing I did like six years ago, or no, no, ten years ago. Um, <laughs> so started ten years ago uh, in a very way, and then very honestly, four years ago. <laughs> I, I think everybody start. If if you asked who started calisthenics like this, like I don't know, some people watched. Uh, Dragon Ball, and they did like, wow, now I'm training to, to become a Super Saiyan. And, uh, yeah. But I think for some people, it's, it's even like uh, wrestling or like, I, I remember watching, watching wrestling uh, as, a, as a child or adolescent. And, WWE. Uh, yeah, yeah, WWE. Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> Do try this at home and at school, yeah. everywhere. Um, so, yeah. And uh, our strongman was also we, something that, uh, like uh, the the stones, uh, mm -hmm. the, the sleds, etc., stuff like that. Um, but yeah, on D-Max. Yeah, yeah, always like the, the German television. <laughs> Pulling the trucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. By by big guys. <laughs> Uh, Rift Beatbox is asking, how long does it take to increase my leg mobility when I, when doing daily stretching? And we talked about uh, like a lot what you can do uh, this week. Yeah. You can uh, how you can change your or adapt your workout to. But how long does it take to see like real results in mobility? Mm. Um, as I said before, it depends, and it's <laughs> the question you will get from every like trainer and. Yeah physio and therapists uh, who is honest it depends always um 
because speaking from the weakest chain, as I as I told the story about the scar, changing immediately the the mobility, um, it always can change immediately, but making it long lasting, you have to train it. And maybe I refer um, on, on that note, let me refer to um, the adaptation on strength training here again, because in strength training, there is a certain peak starting like one month. And then you have one little peak, like these noob gains that you make in your first half year of strength training and in your plateauing. But then there is a little more adaptation and a little more. And it goes just the stairs, like steps by step by step. And um, then you rest and make maybe a big bump and then little by little. And with mobility, it's more like exponential growth, like interest rates. Um, because a lot of people are stuck because they don't do it for long. They get frustrated that the real adaptation does not take place as they know it from strength training. And uh, that's why I refer also in, in our book, Calisthenics Meets Mobility, uh, so Calisthenics X Mobility. Um, I have a certain graph there that shows that bumping up the, the ladders uh, with the strength training and with mobility, it's more that nothing happens for a long time <laughs> mm -hmm. and then a little by little by little and the more you do it and the longer you do it and the more consistent you do it the better you get so for me getting better in certain mobility exercises happens like that because my body is adapted to that way of training um and i find it very unique that It's the only way where it goes like that. Like you don't adapt to strength like that. You don't adapt to any, any other skill like playing the piano. There's always like these little by little increases, but really having a big exponential uh, growth. I just found that like doing my own mobility practice. So be patient, be patient yeah. and do it more. <laughs> okay um, then the last question before we come to some quick questions and to an end of this episode um, Lissy is asking when can I finally do a split do I have to train for it every week or and um, yeah do I have to train for it every week to keep it or will it stay forever mm -hmm. um So maybe, maybe to put here, uh, split is not only important or cool to do it like this because we also did a photo shooting in Cologne and we have we made some really nice shots with you doing a split. But it also helps a lot. And just to get the the motivation for some guys here to learn the split, it helps a lot. For example, if you want to learn the straddle planche, the straddle handstand looks awesome in you. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and doing some some kind of. Ah, damn. Last time I didn't get that as well. Ah, no, wow. I got it. I do, doing like the Fandam. <laughs> wow. wow, yeah. It uh, was in, in New York, one of my favorite pictures. So if you want to have like cool uh, 
vacation photos. Uh, not not, not uh, these common ones like standing with the back to uh, doing like this or uh, throwing the hands up. <laughs> Disgusted <Yeah>. by that. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> anyways, um, joking around. Um, so, the splits. <clears throat> I haven't trained the splits or should I say... Um, I wasn't focused on the splits anytime. So it was, it wasn't my goal on any day. Um, I just found out on one, on one training. Oh, well, that was very, I was very deep into the pancake stretch right there. Just let me try the splits. Oh, well, just a few centimeters before I really touched the ground. Well, then let me train it two more days and then I will get it. So almost in that way. Um, Crazy. But why? Because I focused so much on, on having a proper squat and doing a lot of uh, mobility for, for my whole, for everything hips. Because as a former soccer player, you could imagine how mobile, how flexible I was, not, <laughs> that's it, not. Um, so uh, I focused a lot of hip mobility. I, I did it every day. Every day I did the, did the um, frog sit, like moving up and down, having, having that straddle legs. Every day I did this every night, every night. I did this for like five minutes up oh. and down. Up and down, up and down, but more because I wanted to get a better squat, and I got that because having a better abduction helps you for for your squat a lot. Um, so then I used the squat in my strength training. So as I said, adapted to a certain movement pattern, and then what very important as well is variation so varying the exercises not doing the frogs the frog sit all the time but doing for example in your strength training certain type of lunges certain type of like dragon squat so um or dragon squat and how's the uh, like archer um not archer uh, cossack squats cossack squats uh, dragon squats and shrimp squats because you just use your range of motion. You use what you have and try to make it better through moving it more. Um, and then supplementing it with certain mobility exercises, the 1990, um, the frog and like the COSEX in, in a certain mobility aspect. Um, because what I see most often is doing the same shit all the time. For example, doing the world's greatest stretch, like this lunge position where you plant one one hand on the ground and rotating or pushing your leg out to the side. And that won't get you any far or any further if you if you're doing if you're doing it all the time um with the same intensity, with the same rep scheme and on and on. Like focus on strength training. Do anything that you do in your strength training, doing some kind of rest, doing some kind of um, adaptation and and variation of your training style and training techniques and training exercises, 
and then having the right expectation. Because especially with the splits, having false expectations or too too big of ambition um, is very nasty because it gets you it gets you um, into a big big injury very fast. Okay. So um, yeah, just be ambitious, but um, also respectful of of your own body. So having more example one year in mind is very important. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. You, you tell people you learned to split in two days and then you tell them to be patient. I think that's a little bit unfair, but, um, yeah. <laughs> I worked on my, I worked yeah. on my hip mobility for over like two years and then I just found out, Oh, well, that works pretty nicely. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, back liver is, is an exercise that, uh, that has the same phenomenon for some people. They do a lot of basics for years and then they try the back lever and, and, and it works somehow. Like it doesn't look yeah. perfect the first time, of course, but yeah. uh, it's like an exercise also that you just learn by doing basics or doing uh, other movements that complement yeah. this. Absolutely. There's a big overflow effect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in the end of every episode, we have some, some quick questions, some quick answers. Um, like and uh, yeah. Pizza or burger? Pizza. Are you a dog or a cat person? Ah, uh, dog. I, I just, I just, I just said duck. Duck. Uh -huh, I was, duck. was like a duck or a cat. What is that for a comparison? <laughs> yeah. Of yeah. course, a duck. <laughs> what a question. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite uh, location for holidays? What is your favorite location for holidays? Oh man, I'm so the world <laughs> hippie hippie answer <laughs> because like I love the sea, I, I I love the beaches, I love like the sun, but I love a good hike, I love the nature, anything that is not. I I love New York, like big cities. I can't tell. Okay. Everything is nice. <laughs> okay. Everything is nice. Good. Um, <laughs> what would you work as if social media just disappeared? Like an interior designer or anything like evolving around design. Okay. Yeah. Didn't expect that. Design or, or maybe I'm just sitting at cafes and pretending to be a philosopher. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, do you have a favorite calisthenics athlete? Whew. I really, really respect Leeway Turner for his age and everything that he does. So, um, yeah, he's, he's very inspirational to me that, um, like also it combines with what I, I say to, to my folks all the time, like do the basics so your future self will be proud of you. And he moves and he just kept moving and you see the end result. So just awesome. Yeah. Do you have a favorite book? Ah! <laughs> One? 
Uh, quick questions. I know I'm so bad at that. <laughs> a favorite, uh, favorite book. Uh, years ago, I read The Way of the Peaceful Warrior, which was a very important book for me um, from Dan Millman. So that was years ago. Um, that's but like like brought me into the journey of a certain kind of self development and so on uh nowadays one very important that saved my life was uh, why we sleep from matthew walker okay <laughs> because i was doing this hustle mode on every day and being fatigued all the fucking time <laughs> sleeping two three hours or four hours and yeah, I'm cool. I'm cool. And then collapsing after seven days into a 12 hour sleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, not healthy. And it taught me the importance of focus on your sleep. So for any athlete who wants to get better, who wants to really progress even faster, sleep more. So there's thousands of of books we can we can make a whole episode about books like uh, i I buy books like every week and listen to to two to three to four books in uh, parallel so okay. just read just read <laughs> <laughs> perfect um the best calisthenics event you've been at so far oh interesting. Uh, there weren't many I've been to, but, um, the bodyweight day, um, is very special or was very special to me because I felt that there was so much heart, um, that went into that, um, uh, into that event to cooperating and to also combining everything evolving around bodyweight. And that's what I love to see the most, like learning from others and learning from um, other sports and so on. So um, the bodyweight day is very special. And I hope that uh, maybe there's a new a new one up and coming. And uh, I know they, they are planning and thinking, but um, we will see. Yeah, that's, it's interesting that nearly like a lot of calisthenics athletes that were interviewed until now said uh, the best calisthenics event there they've been at was uh, World of Bar Heroes at the FIBO mm -hmm. um, yeah. or the Bodyweight Day. So um, that's like uh, the the organizer Bassflex is really doing an awesome job, and they put really put a lot a lot of heart in it in their World of Bar Heroes series and and everything they do for pushing calisthenics. So yeah, Ritsu Flow and the team. Yeah, Kreets. <laughs> In, uh, yeah, and uh, something that we we just said in one sentence, like uh, in it was it was last year you did the push up uh, record. Uh, yeah, last year I I lost um, against Xavier Xavier. Okay, but uh, it was not fair. <laughs> After that, he came back to me and like said, "Well, maybe, maybe." even <laughs> okay uh, yeah but like we did like 280 push-ups or something and uh <laughs> after 215 50 they said well um 
if you arrive at 250 or something like that, you have to push without any any pause, and <laughs> because it well, I could have done like 300, 350 for I don't know, but um, you're just into that zone. You don't hear anything. You don't feel anything. There is no pain that you feel. You don't. You, you only sweat. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just doing the next push-up. Yeah. So uh, we we could have done it for like endless. Yeah. I still remember like everybody screaming at you and you having a big like a big big lake of of sweat. <laughs> in front of you that was crazy and i've never seen so many push-ups in, in life in one set like 280 in one set yeah yeah it was 20 minutes and the first like two years ago where 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 one um because nobody expected that <laughs> everyone was was breaking after like 100 or something um uh i had like muscle soreness for a week wow <laughs> i couldn't move my arm <laughs> one, one day after that and the funny thing is <laughs> on that note that <laughs> directly after that challenge we had to um give back our our uh, rented car and uh, oh no no it, it was a chip for for our rented bikes so um after the week we we were in vienna And I couldn't drive the car to go. So I wow. really couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> help up my, my arms. Wow. So Monique, Monique had to move. I was shaking <laughs> Wow. <laughs> for 30 minutes after that. <laughs> wow. But I slept like a baby. It was yeah. worth it. <laughs> yeah. For two days straight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, um, yeah, if people want to stay in touch with you, if, if people want to learn more from you, how can they keep, like, stay in touch with you? Um, yes. So anything, like, on social media, having, a, uh, having Instagram, YouTube, a podcast as well, just type in moving monkey, moving monkey, two words. Type in uh, moving monkey, um, in the gift section on Instagram, but then you have to connect those two and you have some cool handstand and splits gift for your calisthenics athletes, maybe uh, fun. Um, and tag me in your story then as well. You don't have to do a big tag, just tag me so I can see that you uh, tag the uh, the gift. Um, yeah, and anything else on movingmonkey.de uh, <laughs> dot de. That means dot, yeah. <laughs> punkt.de <laughs> um, so it's uh, mostly it's it's on german my website but i also do like uh, english online coachings and so on uh, some some peeps of san francisco or new york or um, yeah so if you have any questions uh, just shoot out a message could take a little on the insta so if you have any questions, shoot me an email on info at movingmonkey.de. Um, that will get a faster response. Perfect. So before I give you the last words to end this episode, I want to say thank you to everyone listening to this podcast with a lot of input, with a lot of uh, like a lot of words, a lot of uh, like 
crazy stuff. Um, and I'm really, really happy that you were here. Leon, thanks for your time. And uh, yeah, if you want to support the series, uh, let, let us a comment with who you who do you want to be interviewed next. This is this helps a lot. Also, if you have any questions uh, for Leon, you can put them down below as well. And uh, what else? Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, yeah, growing with us and have a great day. Yep. So I will end this episode. Thanks uh, for you for the invitation again. And for everyone who is listening to, yeah, like to the end, because attention is everything. And uh, most people have attention like a goldfish. Um, so you don't, if you, if you heal that. So thanks again. <laughs> so everything that uh, ends on my channel ends with keep moving, stay sexy. So I will keep it with that. Um, and yeah, thanks again.